Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey there, rugby fans. Welcome to another great episode of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show with our team here. Of course, introductions as per norm. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, Scott Ferrara, the big guy himself. And joining us here today, Major League Rugby Royalty and also the host of the CEO Full Contact Podcast. That is, of course, Alex Magleby. Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. Great to be here. Excited to, to rant together. <laughs> exactly. That's what it's all about, right? Everybody's yeah. here to rant. And uh, to be able to take an opportunity to thank our viewers for tuning in. And also, if you are tuning in for the very first time, let's give you an opportunity to learn at how this run, pass, or kick interview works. And to be able to run you through it, we're going to hand the ball to Rob Hammerschmidt. Rob, take the floor. Thanks, Ty. All right, Alex, run past quick uh, interview works like this. Uh, we're going to field questions for you, put them out there, and we'll prompt you by saying run, pass, or kick. And then you have a decision to make. Like any good rugby player, uh, you got to make some decisions on the field, on the fly. And so you have three choices. You can run with a question, which is to say you're going to go ahead and answer the question straight up, take it you know, right on the front foot. Uh, you can uh, pass the question, which is to say that you're going to go ahead and pass the question tough topic. You might want to stay away from it. Could get you in a little trouble or you can kick a question. And that's where you have a little fun with us. You're going to put us on the uh, back foot a little bit and make us feel the question. We're going to have to answer in a way that we think you would answer. And then you can even give us a grade after we're done. Tell us we're really good or tell us we just did poorly and awfully. So uh, are you ready for the run pass or kick challenge? Yeah, it sounds great. I'm excited. Do I get a dynamic um, warm up in first? Like, yeah, <laughs> but, I, but I like your response. So it's like, yes, I'm ready I'm to go. I got my ball right here. <laughs> okay, this let's go. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to pull anything before you yeah. get going. Here, right? yes. <laughs> so, so I got to be honest. One of my responsibilities, part of the Rugby Ramp broadcast team, is uh, is that I'm responsible for developing most of the questions for run, pass, or kick. Um, as such, I've become very good at stalking our upcoming guests on social media. And uh, I did in fact stalk you a little bit, but don't be worried because um, I didn't find a whole lot. Is it accurate to say that family and rugby are the only two interests in your life? Or are you just uber careful about what you put out on social media? I'll run with that. That's awesome. I, I caught it. I'm running. I, not even a <laughs> sidestep. I'm just going straight for the line. Yeah. I mean, my family is obviously really, really important to me. And, you know, I love the sport of rugby and I love the free jacks and I love the experiences that, that rugby provides and it's provided a lot of us. And um, yeah, so those are, those are two really, really important things to me, but certainly my family, number one is for sure. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I mean, and Rob does a thorough search. I mean, we've had, I'd say several He's family members of footage that people thought was buried many years yeah. ago. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's like Zabruder film type stuff Rob digs <laughs> up. So he was very disappointed that you had, were very vanilla on social media. Um, so I, vanilla. Come on, man. That's not vanilla. That's awesome. Where's the scandal, man? Come on. I'm like, yeah, something. I'm like, like an orange sorbet. I think you're creative, man. Vanilla inside, like a creamsicle. <laughs> <laughs> 
an orange sorbet. I like it. All right. <laughs> that wasn't your nickname when you played. When you played, was it orange sorbet? No, but it should have been. Yeah, that should have been. Absolutely. Yeah. The creamsicle. Call the creamsicle. Yeah. Right been. for the picking. Somebody with branding skills can come in and take that and run yeah. with it. <laughs> I mean, with all the with yeah. all the merch you guys do, that should be your next shirt. It should be I, was I, Fred. I, I, I was the professor, but I never got orange sherbet. Well, it's a thing now. You, you guys are coming out with a lot of shirts. I see them all yeah, unique right. and tied to the personality of the player. There has to be orange sorbet now. Yeah, we're going to work on that one for sure. I say you grow a mustache for November, right? And then you get an orange sorbet shirt and big orange mustache on it, right? It's brilliant. I love it. I love it. And I just had a mustache because we did mullets and mows. Um, uh, to raise and, and some and some money for um, mental health awareness and uh, yeah, so I had a great mullet and a great mustache. I'm really excited to bring that back. But there you go. Yeah, <laughs> my wife. Your um, wife probably wasn't. She, <laughs> she was like, okay, I understand. It's a good cause. You know, she's a doc. She's like, that's great. You, that's really important. You guys are doing that. And then I had um, some cut off jeans I was wearing one afternoon, and she kind of looked at me. And then I went to take down the kid, the kids down to the river, and I put on these old Tevas. She's just like, no, no, got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so funny. So uh, I I got the next question. So um, you played at the nationally heralded uh, Highland High School program, coached by uh, Larry Gelwicks. The program has amassed 419 wins and 10 losses, including. 20 USA Rugby National Championships in its 35-year history. Um, Coach Gelwicks is known for his five championship strategies for sustainable success. That's a mouthful. I think he should rebrand that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the movie Forever Strong was loosely based upon his story. Run, pass, or kick. How much of an influence was Larry and his program on you? I would love to share this with you, one of you guys to answer, but I just, Larry's so important to me and, and, and was so important in my life. I'm going to run with this one. You know, Coach Gowicks, Larry, he, he was so great to all of us, tremendous motivator. But what he really did a great job of with Highland is build a really cohesive tribe, for lack of a better term, because we all we all worked really hard. He got us to, to, to toil together. And through that process, we certainly grew a lot of trust together. And th those teams were were fantastic. There was no doubt there was a lot of talent on the field. You know, a bunch of the guys that were in my circuit generation, you know, went on to the NFL, as an example. Wow. Um, so it's just high quality. But this is mid-90s, and we were breaking down film. Um, we were training five days a week. We had a fitness program outside of those five days. So we all played football together in the fall and did our winter sports, whatever that may be, wrestled, basketball, skied. And in the spring, we played uh, rugby together. And uh, we were able to travel the world. And um, But we treated it just like we did uh, football at the time, which was a, high, a really – high performance program effectively. Um, but all credit should go to, to, to Lair. He built that program and every year is a reset and um, he got us to, to be pretty humble with that and work really hard. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty fortunate to have gone through that experience. And I, and I, and I go back to that and some of those lessons all the time. You know, it's funny. You just said some buzzwords as you described that program, high performance, right? Which is, I, you know, we folks, folks, if you're watching live, we did not coordinate this. This, in fact, was just <laughs> organic. So you're watching uh, some Seriously. synergy happen here, right, right on on Facebook, uh, live in front of your eyes. You know, my, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so interestingly enough, the Free Jacks recently announced that they're one of H uh, eight, excuse me, uh, National Development Program HPP or High Performance Pathways in the United States. I actually recently spoke with Brennan Keene about the verification process. And, and when I spoke with them, 
Uh, he implied that each program will structure and organize itself in its own way, but still reflect the developmental model. What makes the free jacks, a run, pass, or kick, what makes the free jacks high-performance pathway different from the other seven that have been approved by USA Rugby? This is brilliant. This is like kick touch where I catch it and immediately I'm kicking it right back to you, Rob. You got to catch it though, you know? I, I, I got it and uh, I'm not putting my hand up either. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I what I loved about your pathway, uh, the pathway created by the Free Jacks, it was, it was pretty unique in that it looked to me like there were seven, uh, sorry, 12 different kind of mini um, pathway programs within the HPP, right? Yeah. And it, there was almost like a competition that's existing between these clubs. And it was interesting. We were talking off camera about my son. The very first day you guys announced this, like right away, I saw the post and then he gets back to me and goes, did you see this? This looks really cool. Like the branding, um, the, the, the uniqueness of all the brands that those pathways have, um, using the map to identify where those uh, programs are from, uh, that really, to me, gave those pathways, kids from those areas, a sense of belonging to their particular region that will really help them uh, not just um, develop as a group, but then feel some identity to the larger group as you know the cream and the crop progress up into the pathway. Yeah, really well answered. That's exactly how I would answer. We have, there's, there are 13 groups, regional training okay. groups. And some groups are ready to go and fantastic. And there's multiple, multiple clubs in a given region that really can start, you know, we can start giving those athletes additional opportunities to develop whether they want to, whether they want to progress or not in the sport in terms of going to a higher level team or an academy team or being a professional or a national team player, but just giving them opportunities to get better at home at the local level. We really, really believe in improving the game at the local level. So this is entirely about participation. So more people playing the game. So we're working with town recs and, and that's going to take us time to build that out throughout all 13 regions. Uh, so more people can learn the game where that's non-contact sevens, tens, it doesn't really matter. Just learn the game. That's awesome. Come into it. So more players then going to those clubs, wanting the scholastic model to work out, wanting high schools to have programs, um, you know, feeding in the college system. So participation is really important, but the performance piece is also really important to us as well is making sure that, that experience is better. And that's how we're defining that. It doesn't mean that those players are going to necessarily be national team players tomorrow. Um, right. Some of them may not want to be, uh, they're going to go be pro in something else, right. Um, in life. And our job is really to make sure the, the, the experiences that exist today are improved using the skills that we have as a professional organization. Uh, that's our responsibility. We have those fixed costs, so we need now to go out into the community and make sure that uh, we're sharing our IP um, and the dollars we're spending to make sure that they um, that other people have those opportunities. And that's really important. And I, and I just want to follow up, Alex, because uh, we, we know and and people at home that are familiar with you uh, know that you have uh, the Full Contact CEO podcast. What was kind of cool is I was doing some research. Again, I'm a great A stalker is I wanted to get to mo know more about you and what you're doing there in New England. And I actually came across um, the Pathways podcast. Yeah. Um, and there was uh, five or six segments out right now. Um, excellent stuff. Uh, and I was really captivated by it. Um, so how important is promoting the aims and the goals uh, of your, uh, the Free Jacks HPP through this podcast? 
Yeah, so, so we, we have three podcast verticals right now, kind of different markets, and we're adding a couple more here pretty soon. And Tom Kindly, who's our performance manager, has done a terrific job running with Pathways um, and bringing in really good guests from all different parts of how the Pathway um, uh, is really effectively. And I think the whole point there is there's not one way to become a national team player. There's not one right answer. And a lot of people come to the game differently. Some people don't learn the game until 22. That that happens. Um Let's let's try to until we have such a robust, per, you know, and some of you know, and, and, and that we they get lost out on the overall NFL chase, right? So I think there's just multiple options and multiple ways to come in. I think Tom's done a really nice job of getting a varied guests and getting really good um, uh, discussions going on that podcast. So it is important. It's important that we're communicating what we're trying to do. We're hearing from the community from the community what they need and and how that's working. And this is an iterative process. And as a company, we're just trying to be as transparent and vulnerable as we possibly can uh, as we go through all this. And that's like full contact CEO is the same thing as we're having these conversations anyway. Let's uh, share what we can. And, um, oh, we didn't get that right. Okay, great. Let's let's try that, you know, and, and that's yeah. okay. And there's there's a lot of authenticity in, in being vulnerable, which is awesome. And we like to see that. Yeah, well, we appreciate that. And I think that's important for us as a company. It's, it's really important. So thanks for tuning into that. Yeah, no, yeah, I will and, continue to do so. And Rob, awesome. Rob has been sharing it around, and and I got I got to listen this morning, and I was very impressed with it. God, just um, this morning? Come on, man! <laughs> listen, I, I they they know I'm podcast crazy, so if I don't get yeah. my like you know uh, real real true crime stuff uh, fix yeah. in, then you know I can't I can't listen to anything else. But um, go, echoing uh, Rob's synergy, this is another thing I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm going to ask you a question, and the guy I'm talking about is staring at me from behind you. Like his mask yeah. fell off. So that's earlier. just freaky. Um, <laughs> so that's, <laughs> oh man. So that's hey, everything's been plotted uh, in but, the show, it seems like. <laughs> I mean, it's all come with uh, I love it when a plan comes together. Um, right. So it's no secret, obviously, you, you have two very famous minority owners of the Free Jacks, one of them being Nate Ebner, who's not only a Patriot and a Super Bowl champion, but was a USA Sevens Olympian, and Patrick Chung starting safety for the New England Patriots. So the question is, their playing careers are done in the NFL. They still got some gas left in the tank. Run, pass, or kick. Will those be your next two signings over the next couple of years? <laughs> Knock on. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I got well, to pass that you know, if, you were, we if you were to kick it back to me, if you were to kick it back to me, I'd say, well, you know, as – much as I love Nate Ebner, why not have Patrick Chung at least on the, the coaching squad? Oh. I mean, safeties are generally right. the best tacklers on the football field. They know how to read an offense Absolutely. particularly well. So I think that could bring some <laughs> some type of and professionalism, is, especially to fullbacks. Smart athlete. Yeah, he's such a smart athlete too. Like, yeah, I mean, he'd be, he'd be a fantastic coach, yeah, in any sport. But certainly I, he would help us in rugby and he'd be a good mentor for a lot of the guys. So that would be, yeah, fantastic. For sure. Bring a great profile to to the team and everything. That presence alone is, you know, going to have a great knock-on effect as you were talking about knock-ons. Uh, <laughs> you know, that actually was kind of funny. And your reaction was so great. It was like no hesitation. You're like, looked for the out. It's like almost like you blew the whistle on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
You see, he just hit me. Let's go into the next question. Okay, we can see we're having a great time here, but let's let's dig into some of the stuff about the Free Jacks. Um, and unfortunately, on the back of a truncated season for 2020, you know, everything was plans were changed, everything was turned upside down, and the Free Jacks were one of the few teams that didn't even get a home game. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, alongside Rooney, I see uh, uh, Scott is nodding his head there. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, we would love to have been able to see the Free Jacks take that field, that home field game uh, in their inaugural season, but it didn't quite play out as such. So here lies my question. So run, pass, or kick. Unfortunately, the Free Jacks were unable to host a home match during its inaugural season in 2020. How much uh, How much did the loss of having any spectators hurt the Free Jacks as an organization. Yeah, so I'll run with that. You know, we um, simply because we're very fortunate that we have a great uh, fan base, right? We, mm-hmm. uh, this, our inaugural game was two days away. We we're approaching a sellout. You know, we have just under 1,200 founding members. That's our, those are our first season, season ticket holders and they're kind of founding members for life effectively. And, um, you know, we asked them to, to, to stick with us and, and carry over to uh, 2021. And, um, you know, all but two were able to do that. And uh, so that's that's a real positive and I think speaks right. volumes to the rugby in New England that's that's been here for a long time. And there's always been a robust uh, community game and club game and certainly a scholastic uh, um, game through the many colleges and, and high schools that do do play. So we're pretty fortunate that that's the case. Uh, what is hard is to build more fans. So we had to really pivot very, very fast and um, uh, approach it from a different angle. So we created a virtual academy very, very quickly. You know, as a league, we were part of, um, you know, the Twitch uh, e-gaming thing for, for the very part. But the virtual academy is something we're really proud of. You know, between yeah. that and kind of what we did in the summer through those things, we had a thousand people come through. Most of it was through kind of free coaching uh, seminars and other things like that. So that was really important. We created the podcasts and we really just went from saying we are strictly a live events company to actually we're an entertainment company, which means, yes, right. live events are really important to us, but we're also a media company and we're a consumer products company. And, and I think that's where the Freejacks honestly have done a phenomenal job is engaging fans outside of the normal conventions that we're used to, right? You know, in the absence of, 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 of live play for rugby, uh, in the absence of having a home game, you guys have had to be able to take every creative angle to be able to engage an audience. And it's a credit to you as an organization that you have so many ways now that you set up to connect with audiences and create new fans and keep your fans engaged by sharing content as uh, Robert pointed out. So I think that's a wonderful effort that you've made and is resonating in the rugby community. I really and I just, appreciate that. Yeah. And Ollie, Ollie Engelhardt on our team is, has uh, done a really fantastic job behind the scenes, kind of pushing a couple of those, those verticals forward. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. It's right. been a good six months in that regard, the things that we had didn't have to do in longer than six months now. Sorry, Scotty, I interrupted. No, you. So yeah, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. I did want to shout out uh, Dylan Pharisee, who's the uh, head of the uh, New England Free Jacks right. uh, supporters up there. Yeah. He's he's doing a great job. I speak to him a lot. Sure I just wanted to shout him out. Yeah, yeah, sure is. Yeah, that's definitely one of the great ambassadors. Uh, that guy has, like, I mean, I, I think he's Johnny on the spot with every new bit of information in every yeah, group. Even for me, I consider myself, like, I'm on top of it. This guy, <laughs> oh, crap, he beat me to this group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, another one of the great supporters out there. And I wanted to be able to take the opportunity on the note of support 
uh, to be able to thank our sponsors at the Rugby Shop for their support of our show here on the Rugby Rant and of the MLR and you as a fan as they have opened up an entirely new platform just dedicated to you as fans to go get your favorite gear, your best swag possible from your favorite team that does include the Free Jacks, of course. So myself and Rob are representing uh, the other half of the mm. Oh, Scott. oh, come on, Scotty. Come on. You, you, you know, I'm a Rooney guy. I can't. I, I, come on. We always need an instigator in the group. And that is definitely Scott. He does a great job. But of course, it's all in jest because at the end of the day, uh, we all love rugby and that's why we're here. So on that note, I'd like to be able to return to to more of the Free Jacks conversation, if I may, uh, Alex. And I got the next question lined up over here, and it is in reference to the stadium again. So let's head into that one. So run, pass, or kick. Union Sports Complex is a multi-purpose facility that has much-needed indoor training facilities. However, it has some limitations when it comes to fans uh, that can fill the seats in that it can only hold up to 2,000 people. Are there plans for the Free Jacks to play in a larger facility come next season or possibly even further in the future? I'm going to pass that on to Scotty. Well, honestly, I think, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think right now, you know, you were talking about how hard it was to develop fans because you didn't have that home season. You know, luckily Rooney had that in the previous year. So they kind of built a little bit more of a fan base. Now, hopefully they can keep it through to 2021. So I think next year you stay in the facility. And then the year after that, I think you're either going to have to figure out a general admission area, a la old glory or you're going to have to move to a different facility that, that has more seats. Cause being a guy who went to UMass Dartmouth and playing rugby in new England, your fan base is going to be huge. So you're going to need that growth. Yeah. So, so do, what we have at union sports complex, it's a great ownership group there and we have a, you know, world rugby certified uh, turf field. Uh, there's plenty of parking Weymouth by, you know, by train, you're only 15 minutes or so from downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Friday nights probably wouldn't work because of traffic, but you know, Saturdays and Sundays are fantastic uh, to get out there. There's multiple fields around it. So we can do festivals. There's plenty of room for tailgating, all those kind of things. We actually can flex up to about 6,000 capacity. So we have, we have space to flex up not only in seat hospitality, but we also have last year, the harpoon beer garden, um, that area alone wow. is about 1,500 standing room um, tickets. So wow. we okay, have so a lot of room to grow is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And, and for this year up, upcoming, we'll be at uh, Union Sports uh, Complex in Weymouth, and we're really excited given that we're probably – we'll certainly have – our plan right now is that it will be COVID-restricted. Um, uh-huh. so we're going to make sure we take care of those season ticket holders. Um, there will be space for a little, a few more, but so that they have the ability to be spread out um, and, and have much more space. And then as soon as we you know, kind of – can expand and, and add additional capacity. We'll start, or we'll start filling in the gaps when on refundable seats for, you know, um, you know, once we get through this COVID crazy, but yeah, so, so it's sound- a really good setup. So I was completely wrong. Um, but I'm glad. No, I'm glad that's a good thing because I'm that so was one glad of, we got that recorded that he said yeah, he was wrong. Yeah, from yeah. Something. Only time I'll ever say, time it. I'll say it. Yeah, the only time I'll ever say it. But it's it's good to to know that you do have that capacity because as a Rooney fan, the the biggest thing we wanted to do was come up and and do you know be there for for an away match against Rooney. So now I know based upon what you told me, I have no shot this upcoming year. So I have to get a ride on the team bus and hopefully make it in as a player. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. 
That's good. We could host right now. You know, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. with COVID restriction, we wouldn't want to put anybody in that situation, right. but we have the spacing to do it mm -hmm. and it's uh, safe and it'll be great entertainment. Um, so we're That's excited awesome. for that. And I think that'll change in time here in the next, you know, six months, but. Yeah, man, there's no team that deserves their opening home game more than you guys right now, right? Seriously, seriously. <laughs> you you definitely have it. <laughs> Scotty, how good would it be if that's a if that's a New York New England match like Empire versus you know the the Force? You got this. If that, if that could be your home opener, and even if I couldn't be up there, I would be so excited. I mean that that's what you want to see. That's what everybody in the MLR wants to yeah. see. We're building this rivalry, right? Um, you know, it's it's naturally there from the other sports, but it's it's nice to see that you know we're trying to build it in this one. Yeah, one of the best it, rivalries in sports. It's so great. Mm -hmm. The, the, we got to get something like the Yankee Cup going. You know, just this uh, Don. You know, this Donnybrook between uh, uh, New England. <laughs> We wouldn't call it the Yankee Cup. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna call the Yankee <laughs> what? Oh, I love the cup. Well, you know, you, 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 well, there were Yankees in Boston. There were the Yankees in New York. You got the Yankee <laughs> Cup. Tech. I mean, technically, well, I mean, New York, in, in, in New England, so they're not Yankees. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Would Yankee Candle sponsor it? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. So, monetize it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You got to monetize everything these days. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny. Again, the synergy is just incredible uh, because you talked about the beer garden uh, up there and uh, at the Union Sports Complex. And and that's the the nature of my next question. Uh, recently, I think it was last week, the Arrows just released a craft beer with their partner, Salter Street Brewery. The Free Jacks um, might actually be the originators uh, from an MLR team side partnering with a craft brew because you guys have the Baxter Brewing as a producer of Free Jacks IPA. And, uh, of course, the Legion also have Legion Lager that's produced by Ballast Point. Um, here's my question, Pastor Kick. Uh, what is the chance that you could facilitate the Rugby Rant taste test of these three MLR microbrews? Yeah, so I'm definitely going to run with that. So give a shout out to Seattle uh, with their oh, partnership yeah. with Elysian. They had um, I don't know, a scrum stout, stout scrum or something. I think that was the first kind of rugby centric. I don't know if it was if it was Seawolves branding. I, I, I never actually saw it, but um, certainly they had a they had that out first, which was pretty cool. And then we worked with Baxter, who's an awesome craft brewery out of. Um, Maine, but has, you know, pretty good touch points throughout New England. Uh, even they've been down in New York area and stuff. Very, very, very good um, makers of, of craft beer. And it's got strata hops and it's just a very, very tasty for those um, uh, beer aficionados out there. Very, very tasty IPA, um, you know, on an afternoon. It's not too crazy. Uh, but it, it's good. It's not going to give you a headache right after all that kind of fun <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So, so that's been awesome. And then I think Atlanta had one for, for a second. I, I thought I remember seeing or, or hearing. Very about hot it. second. It was like a yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Legion. <laughs> I think we're going to see more of that, which is pretty cool. And then, yes, we should get a taste test. We definitely asked the commissioner to run a taste. Uh, uh, yeah, it'd be awesome. I think there's so much fun we could do with that. Yeah. All right. right. So book it. Book it now. Book it now. The rugby rant. Has to be the host of the taste test. Awesome, taste fantastic! Test. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not with so we can't limit it. Like we got to have a lot of these, right? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> multiple. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be the best episode ever. It might be like a total chaos yeah. by the end of yeah. it, but. <laughs> 
So uh, here we go, Alex. I, 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 I suppose I've been charged with the duty on this particular episode to start hitting some of the tougher questions. <laughs> Turn up the heat over here. Um, so today, was it today or yesterday? At least very recently. Today. It was today. today. Thank you, Rob. So today there was an article that came out from The Guardian that was written in a manner that kind of gave you a brief overview of where MLR has come from, its humble origins to where it is today, and a glimpse into its future, although it wasn't exactly the most flattering way to be able to present it. Uh, you're familiar with what article I'm talking about, is that right? I, I Yeah, I sure am. Yeah, okay. Martin and uh, The Guardian, yeah. That's right. So a lot of this has been circulating, and obviously you know, fans are kind of curious. So I guess I'm going to ask you to put on your CEO hat here and answer this question. While there has been much criticism that was presented through that article by way of, uh, of quotes from people that believe that they were on the inside, nevertheless, setting that aside, what can you share? In fact, let me get this right. So I'm going to say the article talks about how the league is carrying losses from previous years to a point where it is near 20 million at the moment. When fans hear of this, it causes them to be concerned about the future viability of the league. At least this is what is called into question by means of the article. Now, what can you share, run, pass, or kick with the fans here to help them recognize that the league is in a good place and is set for a bright future? Hold on, ref. I got to tie my shoe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to kick that right back to you and see how you're going to answer this. Ty, let's go right back to you. I think there was free Jack's IPA in that cup right Yeah, there. I wish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's needy stuff drinking. Yeah. I mean, look, honestly, there are going to always be haters, right? And, you know, everybody does have a different perception. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, I believe the way the league has been growing has been measurable. Uh, it's been tracking upwards uh, year after year. The place where it is now is stronger than it was last year and as it was stronger than it was the year before. You know, and between myself and the team here, we're kind of discussing some of these points um, off screen. And ultimately, the the value of where rugby is now is the best it's been. The pathways are more defined than they have ever been before. There are more opportunities for players. There are more opportunities for fans to enjoy rugby close to home, which hasn't happened. So the platform that it's built upon now is still young. It's still settling, but it has an incredible foundation, nevertheless, for years to come. We can't think about this year. We can't think about next year. We have to think 10 years from now. And I I want to jump in real quick. I have two points. One, you know, three days ago or four days ago, Rugby Pass had that article, you know, interviewing Ben Foden. And he's like, my phone is ringing off the hook from all the professional rugby players I know saying, how do I get to the MLR? That's number one. There's an energy about it that's, that's attracting people locally and internationally. Absolutely. And number two, from a business perspective, if you thought you were going to make money the first five to seven years of this venture, you were out of your mind anyway as an owner. And I think the ownership groups that are now in the MLR understand that. Like they they understood that going in. It wasn't something that that maybe popped in their mind all of a sudden in year three, like some of the other owners did. So that's my take on it. And and I'm going to add one more piece. I think, you know, through this show and through the uh, MLR fan zone, we've gotten in touch and I've gotten in touch with so many dedicated MLR fans out there. Right. I mean, these people, uh, they, they are, they're always wearing their team's gear and we, you know, yeah. guys like, uh, Brandon Smith, one of our buddies that does a podcast over Wales, he's listening today. You know, he's a guy that's really pushing the MLR in the UK. And we have Karen mm-hmm. Gasparino and we have, you know, Benji and we have, you know, all these guys are so passionate about their teams. 
um, that I think it really shows well for the development of the league. You know, what something you that I I think is more important is uh, sorry, I didn't actually. I'm going to give it back to you, Alex, because yours is the most important opinion, yeah, not mine. <laughs> so please go ahead. So I was just trying to understand what what is the the fear or what is the confusion. I, th- I think for most for most people they hear a twenty million dollar loss, and for most people, they're like, "Oh, they're freaking out." But again, yeah, me having a, a business background, a very extensive business background, and understanding generally how this works, especially in a season that was truncated, you had three teams who didn't even have any access to revenue from home matches. What did you think the UK? Uh, did, what did you think the the, the league was going to have? They were going to run, you know, a revenue, a profit from this, you know. So I think it's more of just seeing. Um, the the number twenty million dollar loss. Oh, I see. Okay, shocking figure that people go. Okay, well, look, how do you come out of a hole that big? But they don't understand the bigger picture. They don't understand the business sense behind it, the economics of rugby, right? Yeah. So I'm not going to validate that particular number, but just to give a bit of context. So we're heading into our fourth season, right? Right. Yeah. Um, MLS after year five as a league was two hundred fifty million dollars in the hole. Right. Um, And that was 20 years ago. And they had three owners who had to basically buy up the entire league. And that was Anschutz probably led that with five or six, uh, the Hunt family and the crafts. Right. So Mm -hmm. turn of the century. So not very long ago, MLS had three effective owners who were propping it up. Um, That is that is sports entertainment. Right. And that's how sports entertainment historically, those are how those models work. Scotty, I'm the, the Mets are what 50 million in the hole each year on an operations. Budget. Steve Cohen, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, and, the, and, and Steve's a you know, guy obviously has got the, the backing to, to, to move that thing, for, continue to move that thing forward. And, um, you know, it depends on his right. model and what he wants to make work. But, um, and so I think that's just giving it a bit of context. This is sports entertainment and rugby in North America. It is going to take time um, to have a fantastic model uh, that is manageable that will need to continue to grow um, as we get more fans and we need to spend more money to 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 continue to grow the whole thing. Like it's an exponential right. of a deal, and um, you know we do everything we possibly can to make sure that our player, players, first and foremost, can can have a salary. And as important to that are the costs associated with that salary that are 100% more than that in terms of workers' compensation and mm-hmm. all the other things that we need to do to make sure that we're doing this properly. It's a, that that's it's a, it's it, it, ta- it takes a bit to uh, to continue to move this thing forward, and and that will continue to happen in terms of we will continue to invest to grow um, this league, and that's the exciting right. thing, right? <laughs> like we're yeah. making no, it is, and it is exciting. Free. I mean. To, to the point in bringing context to the conversation and, and bringing it back to the realm of rugby, the premiership 2018-19 year, uh, one team declared a profit uh, out of the entire league. I think it was the Exeter Chiefs, maybe. Yes. Uh, yep. I could correct it on that. But, you know, there's a, what most would recognize as a far more established league. They've had a lot more years to be able to do it. They've been playing the professional game as uh, uh, for decades there. So, yeah, I mean, put it in context. And if you look at the COVID crisis around the world, all rugby unions are struggling. All rugby leagues are rethinking yeah. how they do business. Yeah, and I wouldn't say we're struggling. I would say that... that um, well, maybe that was the right choice. Four years in, and I'm surprised that this is all that's happened. Like, yeah. you know, I read that article, and I, I was pleasantly like, okay, um, Nothing new here, nothing crazy, nothing. Yeah. It's like we are <laughs> four years into bringing professional rugby 
uh, into this country, right? And I think there's nothing, there's no wrong. We're not in a crisis in any capacity. Outside of that right. article, I would have been saying, yeah, we're in a really healthy position. Um, and we're probably exactly where we thought we would be in a lot of aspects. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So I um, we're going to continue to invest in, in, in the game and certainly into our league for sure. Yeah. I think the average fan too takes that and they take the, the past instances of, of pro rugby in the United States and having been burned before and right. put the two together and sure. everybody has to, it's, you know, it's, everything is separate. You know, this is a separate venture from previous times. This has shown the ability to get through COVID. So, I mean, you know, look at, look at all the good things that's happening. Let's focus on the positive things that are happening and not worrying about back-end money that the average rugby fan doesn't understand. Right. And obviously, yeah. that we, we all are, are advocates of growing rugby. Likewise, obviously, you love, eat, and breathe it, Alex. But, you know, what is the point as a fan to be able to be the naysayer? What good does that do, right? You know, so, uh, you know, if everybody was in, uh, invested in it as, as, you know, they should be, everything's going to get better. I mean, nothing happens today. Rome wasn't built in a day, but I appreciate you taking the time to be able to share your perspective of it because it is something that is floating around for a fan. So I think it's nice to be able to, to, to have somebody like yourself address it and go, hey, everything's going according to plan. We're in a good place. Rugby is exciting and there's a great future. Yeah, rugby is really exciting. And beyond that, it's on the field that we have a really compelling product. But right. as important with our sport, off the field, we have an absurd product like that you can't right. get in other sporting atmospheres. It just doesn't exist that way. Like it's the um, kind of the welcoming nature of our sport, mm -hmm. that the polished nature of it, yet the banter and the cheekiness of it, like the physicality and the grace. like Everything the, that makes it so unique. Fun. You know, like it's just it's a, the reason I've been involved in it for three decades is because it's just at the end of the day, it's fun. <laughs> like it's, yeah. <laughs> There, there, are two, there are two great examples of that. I've talked about them in previous episodes, and one of them is in D.C. I watched the game. Now, my brother lives in the D.C. area. I've watched the game, and I said, now I'm saying, I got to go and watch a game there. Why? Because there's fans right up on the sidelines with yeah. tents enjoying well, themselves. It's awesome. a festival atmosphere. Well, and then got 14 tents around that one yeah. set field this year for our covid restricted spacing which is awesome yeah nice. and and they're like you know people are 15 feet away from the beast who want to who want to who's coming off a world cup uh, uh championship and then you got you know my my folks down there nola benji you know, you know shout out to you you know um after the after the matches they get together as with i think most of the teams they get together with the teams and you know players can you know banter about and talk with yeah, all the fans it's a great opportunity you know like this is like the the most basic of human needs is right. we eat i give you food like can we share food together like how awesome is that after we just Unity, right yeah it's awesome it is, it is so cool so i i got the next one and we're this is a fun one this is an interesting one um so you've been involved in usa rugby forever on so many levels run pass or kick who is the one usa eagle player that you either played with or coached in their prime that you would sign with the free jacks Oh, there's so many. I, I can't even answer that. There are so many. You know, when I um, when I was playing sevens with the U.S. is 2000, 2001. That was a really good team. We had a really good bunch of players. Jovesa Naivalu, you know, he had ran track actually for Fiji heading into the 96 Atlanta games. Went through those qualifiers. It was a California State High School hurdles champion or something. And Joe, Joe was electric. And that was a time when um, – 
the World Series really hadn't seen that speed. And uh, JoJo with, you know, the right environment and the right mentorship, you know, could have been uh, just a fantastic player. Uh, he was fantastic. I mean, and, and there, were, there were guys like that coming, um, you know, coming through all the time there. So, yeah, there, there, were, there were a lot. There were a lot of guys I would, I would absolutely sign that I was uh, lucky to play with. It would be hard not to sign any of them because you know them so well and you know what their strengths are. And that's the hard part about signing players a lot of times is you, you don't know what you don't know, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and on that note, uh, you know, you were an eagle for both the sevens, USA sevens team and 15s team. Run, pass, or kick. Who was the best teammate that you played with? And who was the worst teammate that you played? Not necessarily <laughs> on the field, just the guy that you're like, ah. You know, you maybe know he just was a, he, he was just a pain a in the rear end. I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm just going to kick that right back to you. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with the best. I, I you know, I, I think Dan Lyle, you played, you had a, you, you played with Dan Lyle. Yeah. Uh, and, and he, he would be my pick for the best. Uh, your, your nickname from what I understand was the professor uh, in and around the team. From what yeah. I understand, you're a very cerebral guy. And I think Dan is a cerebral guy. I've spoken with him on a couple of occasions. I think he's a cerebral guy too. I think you guys probably sat around in your smoking jackets and your pipes <laughs> and, uh, and had a, had an, a, a nice conversation about, uh, you know, uh, Socrates or Plato and yeah. talked about, you know, talked about the merits of life and politics. There were, uh, there, were, there was a couple of really smart guys on that team and we'd have great bus trips and, um, you know, you just do quizzes and trivia and it was fantastic. Yeah. But Dave and um, Dan and Dave were, you know, Haji as well were, were, were mentors of mine. Cause I was younger. Um, Dan's a legend. Dave's a legend. They were, they're, they're both uh, quality mentors of mine for sure. And I, so, I'm just very fortunate to have been played with two of the best ever for the U S. So I can't wait to throw this next one out. I believe you played with them on sevens and, and I'm only doing this to do him a dirty right here. And that's David Fee. I knew you were going to say Dave. <laughs> I knew you were going to say him. Like, Dave's my guy, man. Dave's my guy. You know, just, yeah. We were yeah. just talking last week about, about the high performance pathways and yeah. he's, he's now the U18's uh, sevens coach, high school sevens coach. So we were having a good chat. He's a great guy, but Dave's one of those guys that's all on the field was always in your ear, right? Oh yeah, and off the field <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that never ended. Eh? Yeah, that's right. And I love him for it. Uh, you know, that's I, right. I don't know if yeah, you guys yeah. ever seen. He had this magical moment. This was in L.A. I think in '04, maybe. There was a really low pass. It was falling down to the ground, and Dave, as opposed to going to pick it up, he actually just kicked it off the ground yeah. kicked it before it hit the ground and and it was and, and dave could do pull some magic like that and he could certainly pull some magic like that off the field as well so i'll leave it I, then. <laughs> i've actually seen the replay and it was brilliant i mean he came out he came out of that one smelling like a freaking rose that little yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah good picks um, good picks sure so we're, we're, we're talking about uh the uh the seven series in la i have a, the next question here so run pass or kick what are the three most important pieces that must happen before the U.S. can host the Rugby World Cup? I'll, I'll kick that right back to you. Well, I mean, obviously, I think we already have one of the big pieces is we have the the um, separate uh, um, group that's looking to, to get it here, um, doing the business side of it outside of USA Rugby. Um, I think that's the, the main thing we needed. That's number one. Number two... Um, we need to have some more USA Eagles that are abroad come back here. 
Um, we need to we need to push those numbers up, and we need to see guys like Nick Savetta come back here. Uh, maybe we'll see Chris Wiles come out of retirement, hopefully at some point, and come back. Um, you know, being from Stanford, I'm hoping he he drops lower down south towards Rooney and not towards uh, New England. That part of Connecticut really <laughs> isn't New England. Rooney would have I don't know. He makes a good beer. He makes a good beer. So you know. yeah, he, he's another. We have to add his beer to the taste test. Yeah, um, and and my third one is is you really have to find the stadiums that will best fit all of those matches because not every match is going to be fit for Soldier Field or for Giants or for MetLife Stadium and things like that. So those are my three big pieces. That's good. I think from the feasibility study is happening now, and so that's really important to find out, okay, what will it take to actually put a successful bid together? That feasibility study certainly would look at the ladder in terms of stadium and training grounds and kind of what is – what is on the ground today? And right in a successful World Cup, on average, you're going to have more than 40,000 people at every game. On average, again, some are going to be a lot more and some are going to be less. Uh, having that flexibility. We have a big country. We certainly have Canada as well. And that could be a really mm-hmm. strong uh, potential bid. The middle one, having players here is not as important. Um, it would be what what do we want to accomplish through that World Cup? Uh, the men's World Cup there with 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 the national team. And if if that is defined as the national team playing really well on the field in that world cup. And I think we'd all potentially agree that that could be a game changer. Um, okay. What is that going to take uh, to have a really successful team and kind of peaking um, not too long from now? I mean, it's, it's, if it's 27, it's a quad and a half. Right. Uh, if it's 31, we, you know, we got right. um, just under 10 years because most of the planning for 21 would already be done anyway. So it's 31. So yeah, that, that would probably be a really important piece to energizing, um, during and after a world cup but not necessarily to get a world cup i think you could still have a successful world cup um you know depending on how well we all build out the game in this country over the next five years you know if you're going to averaging forty thousand spectators you're going to have to have a lot of domestic fans and you're certainly going to have a lot of overseas overseas travelers um would have to be a high percentage as well but that's it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility to to have those kind of numbers given the work that MLR is doing in other areas where the game is growing. I think the second point was really more of me just hoping that Chris Wiles and Nick <laughs> come and play for Rudy. But, you know, I, I figure if I put it it'd out there. It would be great to have in the other MLR. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, if, if I put it yeah. out there, it'll happen. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I love <laughs> Exactly, Rob. Exactly. <laughs> so I, we're, we're getting close to winding down the interview. And and uh, let me just say this. Like, we had Nate Augsburger on a couple of weeks ago. And Champion. that man – yeah, absolutely. And I was right. thoroughly impressed with his ability to really distribute real well and pick yeah. and choose the spots where to run and where to scrum pass half, and where man. to pick. It's just scrum half. But I got to tell you, you might have got a leg up on him here because as a scrum half, that's your natural tendency. But as a Lucy, you know, I was a Lucy. Ty yeah. was a Lucy. Scotty was a front rower. We get the ball, we just go. Right, yeah. so you know, <laughs> just we just take it from people, like that. Yeah, right. Big... We, we had Ridno on. I don't think he ever passed or even thought about <laughs> kicking a question. So, um, you know, it's it's good to see your distribution rate, and I love it. Oh, it shows okay. your analytical side, right? Oh, let's talk to Nate about that one and give him yeah. a bit. Of <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, so the last question, we're going to lighten the load on you because you did such a great job fielding all the other questions. Run, pass, or kick. Uh, you have certainly traveled the rugby circles in the United States from Utah to Colorado uh, to New York and now uh, landing in New England. Run, pass, or kick. Which team would you support if it was not the Free Jacks? Ref, did you see that late hit? Did you see that late <laughs> hit, Ref? Come on, man. I'm going to pass that to Ty. <laughs> to me, uh, 
Geez, that's a difficult one because I think the I mean, easiest the easiest answer there is Glendale. Right. <laughs> no. Well, I, I was actually going to say that because said. you can't choose that for obvious reasons, right? But I mean, let's say uh, I think you would probably go for one of the newer expansion teams. So let's say let's say Rugby ATL have got similar values of building the program. Um, also, new startup, similar sort of setup to to what you guys have got going on there. So I'll go with the rat. You guys know I grew up in Salt Lake. Right? I was gonna say, is it yeah. your oh, time? Yeah. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, Kimball and I used to play football. Salt Lake. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I was Kimball, given the diplomatic yeah. answer. Their CEO beat the snot out of me in high school football in our homecoming. <laughs> like, yeah. I ski when I'm not playing rugby. Like skiing, robbed your earlier question is actually my like the. the I should have done that. I should have. Yeah, yeah. So, I yeah, yeah. Done so, yeah. I mean, they, they were all. They all have different strengths, right? And there'd be a lot of cool yeah. things, and they're all unique in, in different ways. But um, you know, that's that's where I grew up. So, well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That's a good pick. And you know, talking about you know the 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 teams in the league. Obviously, we're all here to be able to share the game that we love under the umbrella of Major League Rugby and across rugby across North America. And for all the fans that are listening, I'm sure they share the same passion we have. And thank you for your service to rugby, Alex. But we want to be able to give you an opportunity before we head out from this interview to be able to give the floor to you to share a few thoughts of your own for the fans out there. So let us know. Yeah, Ty. Well, first of all, thank you guys for, for having me. It's been great to be on. You know, when we started this endeavor with the Free Jacks, our whole goal is to try to share the game with more people. And that's really important is, is, is providing access to the game. And that comes in a lot of different means it doesn't mean people are just having to play but ref and administer but just be fans of the, of the game as well it's really really important and providing that access to do so certainly having a professional team on the men's side helps but really building out the academy levels you know for for girls and boys women and men uh it, it is a really important piece to it and socioeconomically disadvantaged areas trying to figure out ways that we can provide access and so much of the problems we've had with this sport in this country for a long time and what we don't want to do is become another suburban sport where it's thousands of dollars a year to play in order to try to get a scholarship. It's not what we want to be doing here. We want to figure out ways that at the local level, people can have good coaching. They can be identified for, for additional rep, um, higher level of play and higher honors. Uh, and, you know, they have field access and, you know, in a, in a safe environment. I think that's something that we're really working hard on and certainly we're not there. Uh, we're not even close to being there, but that's really what drives us every day and is, is, is making sure that that access is, is, is opened up. So that's what we're aiming for. And I know a lot of other people in this country are doing the same thing. So we're, uh, we're together on this ride. Well, no goal of this magnitude is achieved alone. So like you said, there's a lot of good people doing a lot of great work out there to be able to help grow the sport that we all love together. And uh, between myself and the team, we can definitely say that uh, we've enjoyed our time here with Alex Magglesby, the, of course, CEO of the Free Jacks. And in addition to that, the host of that popular podcast, a full contact CEO. Now, tell us again, how can people tune into your podcast, Alex? Sure. On, on any, in any framework that people typically listen. So, you know, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, it's on our website. Yeah. It's, it's kind of everywhere you go. And there's, there's a host of, 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 of guests from all over the sports entertainment um, sphere. So it's, it's actually pretty cool. It's, it's pretty diverse group. 
Excellent. So if you want to hear more from the man himself, you know where to be able to go, right? So ladies and gentlemen, it has been phenomenal opportunity to be able to share this time with you here on the Rugby Rant podcast show in this run, pass or kick interview with myself, Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside my team. You got Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, Scott Ferrara, the big guy himself. And of course, Alex Magleby, the man of the hour. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you at the next Rugby Rant podcast show. Thank you. Cheers. And end broadcast, Scott. (laughs) Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.